Good morning, everybody. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. We're really glad that you guys are here. As Ben mentioned, today we are launching uh, this new series called Relationships at the Box Office. And uh, today we're not going to be talking about a specific movie, but that trailer you just saw is a preview of the movies that we will be talking about uh, beginning next week. And uh, in your program, there's a flyer that has uh, what this series is about. And we have those flyers, and that is kind of twofold. We want you to have information about the events that we do here at Church in the Valley, but we also want you to be able to use those flyers to invite uh, family and friends. And so I encourage you this week, as we get ready to launch next Sunday, and we have kettle corn, and it's just kind of a fun, a fun event, uh, to just think through who are some people that you could invite, people that you relate to, maybe it's people at work, maybe it's people in your neighborhood. Uh, but think through that this week, and maybe try to invite them by Wednesday so that they could come on Sunday, and if you think, well, the person I'm relating to, they don't ever like anything paper. They're just like on the internet. Well, you can go to churchinthevalley.com events, and you can actually send invitations as well uh, through the website. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. Those flyers are really for you, you for information, but also uh, those are key ways to be able to invite people. And that's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be people that are inviting others to come and discover uh, who God is together. And so... Just wanted to, to make a note uh, of that. Um, I want to just start something off. Uh, based on that trailer, or maybe some of the summer releases that you know are coming up, on the count of three, and I'm going to like go really slow, because it's going to flop really bad. On the count of three, I want you to like yell out which movie you're most looking forward to seeing. Okay? One, two, three. I heard that Dory. We got one Dory and some others. But summer, like Ben said, is 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 a time that uh, a lot of the summer blockbusters come out. If you want to make a lot of money uh, as a an actor or as a production company, a screenwriter, you know, you want those summer blockbusters. Those are like the key times. It actually begins kind of in early May and it extends all the way uh, through Labor Day, and Movies are powerful. Um, we like movies. In fact, we're willing to spend a lot of money to see movies. Do you like every time you go to the movies, you just tell yourself like, how is this so expensive? But have you ever gotten to the box office and just walked away? Depends on what time of the month, you know, like, is this late in the month and you're running out of money? But there's a sense in which like we're willing to pay money because of what the movie represents. It's not just what we're seeing, but it's like air conditioned. We're around people, popcorn, soda, candy, you know, whatever else we can get. And we love we love the experience. And there's actually been a lot of research done on kind of this this powerful thing that especially in America, we like this, this process of going uh, to the movies. And a screenwriter described uh, what kind of movies do for us. And, and this is what he says. He says cinema is the modern secular cathedral. In the old times, the cathedral was the place where people gathered. This is the place where things were happening. You could catch up on events. Now you go to the cinema and this is like the secular cathedral. It's the gathering spot. It says, humans, we enter that darkened theater seeking, I think, three things to expand our emotional bandwidth. We, we want to experience emotions, whether it's it's a comedy or a drama or action, a thriller. We, we love the feeling that movies have on us, just the impact. Uh, we want to re- reconnect with our higher selves. The idea is when we see a movie character that, that kind of stretches 
to accomplish something, it, it can inspire us. Or when we see a movie character that goes down this dark path and they, they do things that bring about consequences, it, it's like a warning to us. And this connects with us. The third thing is, is it, to be reminded uh, we're not alone. Uh, part of just the common experience now is people tend to live isolated lives. Uh, they go to work and they work and then they go home and they spend their time at home. But if, when you go to the movie theater, you're actually connecting with a bunch of people, even without saying anything. You're just in the same place with a group of people. And you're maybe the type of person that you're, you like the interactive movie experience. You know, you like to say things as the movie's happening. I'm not going to ask you to identify yourself because you might go against the exact opposite people. Where it's like, as soon as you enter that movie, you, you can breathe. But that's about it. Like, you don't make noise. But regardless of kind of your approach to movies, it's this, it's this gathering place that, that we like. And actually, what movies represent are, are stories. And even in the scriptures in Jesus' time and throughout the, the history of man, that stories are powerful and they carry values and they, they kind of teach us about what's important to us. In fact, Jesus was the modern storyteller of, of his time. And so as we go through this series, we're going to be looking at what the movies say about relationships and at the same time, really look at what, what are some of the powerful themes in the scriptures and what are the ways that the Bible tells us to, to relate as well. But there's no denying the power of the movies, which is so important to know how to filter them, how to take the messages, how to take the themes and, and to deal with that appropriately. In Matthew 13, uh, Jesus said this, it says, whenever someone has a ready heart for this, uh, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity, how do you say that word? Thank you. Receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight. This is in the message. This is a paraphrase. But he's talking about why he teaches in, in parables. And parables were his way of communicating truth through stories and illustrations. And he's saying there's just something about us, again, that it creates a readiness where we want to hear. We're, we're opened up to a message. And that's what happens when we enter into a theater. We sit down. And whether we realize it or not, we are actually receiving a message from the actors, from the screenwriters, from the director, from the producer. And that message is telling us something. And our role as a movie goer and a watcher is to filter those messages. And especially if you follow Christ, your role is one step further. It's, is, does this message actually align with reality? Is that how life is supposed to go? Uh, is it true? Is it right? Does this represent, based on my experience and what I know to be true found in the scriptures, does that represent actually how life flows? And those are really important questions that we need to learn to ask. And so that's what we're going to be doing throughout this series. How can we look at movies and filter them appropriately? Now, every year we've done this for quite a few years, and I always give a disclaimer. Okay? The disclaimer is, by us talking about the movie, we're not endorsing the movie. We say that, that sounds like very like, don't sue us. No, that's not why. We say that, though, because we don't want you to think that because church talked about this, that means like this movie is like totally approved and totally God is so happy with that. There's actually some movies that we've talked about that I would like recommend, like, don't go see that. Have a friend see it and tell you about it. You know, this time the movies are actually there. I, I don't think any movies are, are rated R. But again, I, we're not endorsing them. 
we're identifying some movies that have some key themes related to relationships. And from that, we want to talk about what does that say about our human experience? What does that say about life? And again, how does that match up to what the Bible says? And so I want to just kind of preview where we're going to be headed uh, over the course of this series. So here's the preview of the relationships at the box office. Uh, The first week, which is next week, we're going to talk about uh, the movie X-Men Apocalypse and talking about pride's destruction. We're going to talk about hiding beneath the surface. Uh, that's now you see me too. We're going to talk about past frustration to hope in our relationships. That's finding Dory manipulation in the legend of Tarzan beyond selfishness in the secret life of pets and then walking uh, through the wreckage, the born franchise and you know, if you want, you can't you can see the movie before we're going to talk about it. Usually uh, it's going to come out the weekend before or at least a week before. Um, if you noticed on this last one, we said the Bourne franchise, because this movie doesn't come out until after the series is all over. But like, I, I just had to talk about Bourne. <laughs> so because there's more than one movie, you just say franchise and we could talk about it. OK, so that movie will be kind of like a preview, and then you'll have to watch it and say, like, Alex had no idea what he was talking about, okay? So there's just kind of where we're headed. We hope you can join us uh, each week of this. Uh, some will kind of build on each other, but again, it's going to be just, what, what can we learn about relationships from the movies, and is there anything we need to correct based on the messages that the movies are telling us with how life uh, really works? But here's the deal about movies and media and kind of the day and age in which we find ourselves. Uh, We're on social media a lot. There's no kind of shortage of information and communication. Uh, We can have access to movies like never before. You can go to 7-Eleven and rent a movie. You can. You can go to grocery stores and rent a movie. You can find movie theaters pretty much everywhere. You can stream movies from your phone. You can watch clips. I mean, there's no shortage of access. So we're at an all-time high of access to information. But if you're like me, there's certain things that happen through the access and it actually impacts me personally. I'm not usually neutral. Uh, Have you ever read things on Facebook and you find yourself getting like fired up at anyone? You've read something you're just like, I I just want to respond. And then everything is like, no, you can't respond. But you know, I just I need to respond or like something grips you and it's like this powerful story and you want to share it. Because like just seeing that little kitten just that really impacted your life. Anyone else? Like, you know that animal. Like I love that kind of stuff. But you know it, it, it impacts us. We want to share and we want to let other people know. Like this is what I've had. But here's the deal: it's very easy to get emotionally charged, and that's what happens in movies. It impacts us emotionally, and oftentimes what tends to happen: it the more emotionally charged we get, the, the more like our insides we're we're gripped with either fear or frustration, or even sometimes anger, or sometimes joy and excitement. What can then happen is sometimes as our emotions rise up into our brain, our brain actually stops functioning as well. Right? You ever gotten emotionally fired up about something? You realize, like, wow, I just kind of shut off my brain, and I stopped thinking. It's really easy to do. So in the day and age where we have so much access like any before, it's very important that we don't shut off our brain, even as we're being emotionally impacted by things. So that's what we're going to do in the series is beyond the emotion of the movies. How do we actually think clearly? That's what you find as you follow Christ. He wants us to think. Now, the good thing about Jesus is that he also shows us how to 
to feel as well. And he he felt things. But at the same time, he never felt things and was taken to a place emotionally where his his brain stopped working. And so we're going to learn a lot about like how to filter uh, those messages. So uh, some of the, the questions that we're going to be talking about in this series throughout these movies are questions like this. Uh, how, how should I treat people? What do the movies have to say about that? And then what does the Bible have to say? Uh, how should I respond to hurt? If you've been hurt by someone or some event, uh, what do the movies say you should do or not do? Say or not say. And then what does the Bible say about that? Uh, what is helpful and effective communication? This one, like movies can kind of get like, I love characters that just communicate in a way that they want. But is that actually helpful communication? The Bible actually has a lot to say about that as well. Uh, what is a healthy relationship? And then the last question is, how can I find meaning and value? So in the movies, as you look at as people relate to each other and as they walk through life, what are the what's the movie and the characters and the screenwriters and the directors? What are they saying is the where is the place that you find meaning and value, like purpose in life? Like, what does this movie tell me about that? I'm not realizing it or not. Most movies speak to these things. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's right in your face. But they, but they speak to these things. I actually want to talk about the impact of, of movies just a little bit. Uh, not to necessarily convince any of you, because I think we all know that they impact us. But there's actually been studies done that have shown that these movies that people have watched throughout time, like the last 20 years or so, have actually impacted the quality of relationships that they've had in real life. Okay, so there's a study uh, that's at... Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, okay? And they, they looked at, like, some movies and their themes, mostly romantic comedies, because they came with this premise. Do romantic comedies and the people that watch them, does it actually impact their life? Like, positively, negatively? Like, how does it impact? So they did this, this, uh, this study from fans of You've Got Mail, okay? Who'd like to participate? Anyone like that? Okay. The Wedding Planner, eh. Uh, while you were sleeping, classic, right? So they, they just, let's just interview people that like they would consider them fans of these movies. And what they found is the fans of these movies, again and again, based on the questions and based on the kind of the state of their current relationships in real life, they often fail to communicate with their partners effectively. And with many of these people in the study holding the view That if someone is meant to be with you, then they should know what you want without you needing to tell them. This is a study. It's a real study. So it's like communication is a problem. So here's what this doctor said about kind of his findings. And this is fascinating. This this is not this is a psychologist doctor who's who's done this studies over years with large amounts of people of fans of these movies. And he says this, we now have some emerging evidence that suggests popular media play a role in perpetuating these ideas in people's minds. The problem is that while most of us know that the idea of a perfect relationship is unrealistic, some of us are still more influenced by media portrayals than we realize. We all want to be successful in our relationships, he goes on, We want to be the special one and meet the special one. Unfortunately, people tend to believe the Hollywood idea of a perfect relationship. 
That is just unrealistic. He goes on. People feel if their relationship is not like a Hollywood film, then it is not any good. Investing time and energy are not themes that are popular in Hollywood films. And like part of you are like, well, yeah, of course. My life's not like a Hollywood film. But what he's saying is very interesting. He's saying, you know, most movies, they're not actually showing how difficult relationships are. And then there's like the part of me is like, I don't want to pay to go see a movie that shows me what I already know. Isn't that kind of what alerts, you know, just draws us to movies? We, we want movies to be an escape. But what the research is showing over time is that while we approach movies as an escape from reality, what tends to happen is it actually pulls us out of reality as well. That's often for me, I'm not thinking that way. I want the escape. But without realizing it is sometimes that very escape is actually putting me in a position where I'm maybe not thinking clearly about my expectations. I'm not thinking clearly about the kinds of relationships that, that God wants me to have. So this is real. This is just how movies pull us. In a certain direction. And it's okay to, to be impacted by a movie. It doesn't mean you go in there and you're just like, well, I follow Christ and so I'm not going to laugh at any of these scenes. And I'm not going to cry. In fact, I'm just going to sit here like a statue and know that I paid them my money. No, like, it's okay to feel. But at the same time, you have to know we are like sponges, we just absorb the messages. We absorb all sorts of messages. What tends to happen is if we don't wring out the sponge and the media messages that we're filled with, oftentimes that becomes how we think. That becomes how we feel. And again, that's how we think things should go. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about how do we actually read and evaluate movies? Well, this is how you begin to wring out the sponge of the media and, and how it just fills us with things that sometimes aren't, aren't helpful. So if, if you follow Christ, this is something that you, you need to be doing every day or as often as you can. And that is filter the ideas you collect through the truths in the Bible. Now, this is more of a general statement because we don't just collect ideas through movies. Uh, we collect ideas through newspapers, through social media, through family, through our experiences through schooling, through talk radio, we're always absorbing messages. But to follow Christ means that we're always on guard. We're always ready to filter the ideas that we have in our brain, the ideas that kind of influence our heart, against with how does this actually align with what the Bible says. And as you do that, you begin to, okay, I need to ring out some of those messages and then fill it back up with the right ones found in the scriptures. This is a process and you have to work to do this. You actually have to fight for this and it takes work. Uh, Romans 12, this is in a paraphrase as well, but I really like how it's described here. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I just want to stop right there. That is one of the hardest things with the messages that we encounter. We're bombarded every day with messages. And the worst thing we can do is to stop thinking. God actually gave us minds to think, to analyze, to make connections, 
to take a thought and extend it to its logical conclusion. That's a gift from God to think. So we don't want to just put our, our brain on lockdown. We, we want to think. We want to exercise that gift that God has given us. So don't just become so well adjusted that, that you stop thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Okay, so you've got to think. And part of what helps you think is you, you actually have to turn your attention to God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. and He develops well-formed maturity in you. So this is just this picture of a compare and contrast. And when we stop thinking and we just absorb, we actually are going down a path. And this path is oftentimes laid for us through pop culture. Things that we feel, things that we think, we just go down this path. And what the Bible's saying here is, is you have to think, and not only think, but you have to look to God for help. And the primary way God helps you as you walk with him is by the reading of his word. And as you get the truths of the scripture, it's giving you this different picture of how life works. It's this different reality. And so the more time you spend reading the scriptures and getting that picture and filling in the lines and seeing the colors of it, it becomes, it becomes more clear. And as you do that, and you, you start to live that out. You now are living the kind of life that God wants you to live. And as you do that more and more, you live like that more. And it just, this is, this is how it happens. And it, it's just, it takes discipline. You have to get the word of God into your life. And it starts by, by reading it, choosing to read it on your own. Ask questions and wrestle with that. And one of the things like the, the Bible's done for me, it's just a practical example, is when I see people react in situations, especially like in movies or sometimes in talk radio, people lash out at each other. There's part of me that like is drawn to like when people give someone else a piece of their mind. I kind of like that. I do. I'm like, yeah, they, they let them have it. There's this part of me that like, let them have it. And then sometimes I read the scripture and there's actually never any verse that it says like, let them have it. <laughs> like you could look, but it's not there. Because that, that represents just our sin nature. What we all have is just this kind of part of us that feel good just to give someone a piece of our mind. That'd feel really good. Then I read scriptures like Proverbs 15.1. It says this, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And you read this in the Bible, and you, you actually have to decide, like, is this true? To me, like, is, do I really believe that to the point where if someone pushed me on something, someone frustrated me enough, am I willing to bite my tongue and respond in a loving way? Because I know that if I don't, I'm actually stirring up anger. I'm making the situation worse. This is what reading the scriptures does. It challenges our, you know, our preconceived ideas about life. It forces us to wrestle with these things and this is real. Like the other day I was driving and a guy was honking at me because he thought I should go and I didn't think I should go. And like everything else, I, I wanted to wind my window down, throw my arms up. Like, hey, I, and I just like smiled to myself. I was like, Proverbs 
It was like reality. Like I wanted to like let him know. Give him a piece of my mind. But I could just drive and I don't need to take an offense. But this is how life works. It happens in the moments, the, the situations where we encounter people. And we have to decide like, okay, I could give the soft answer. Which will help the relationship. Or I could just let somebody have it and see what happens. If you're like me, you've done both, right? And oftentimes when you do both, you see that, well, the Bible's true. Because I've actually been there where I don't know what got stirred up, but it was something, right? I want to give another example of this. One of my favorite movies is Home Alone. I just love Home Alone. I watch it like every Christmas. So this past year, we decided, you know, it's time like as a family, let's gather around eat Christmas cookies or whatever we eat at Christmas because we eat lots of treats and let's, let's watch Home Alone together. So I want to show a scene and this is like one of my favorite scenes uh, and I want to show this and then I'm going to walk through it a little bit. Let's see. Hey, 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 no. Pizza! Are you leaving? Grab yourself a napkin and you're going to have to pour your own drink. Mom, does Santa have to go to custom? What time do you have to go to bed? Early. We're leaving the house at 8 a.m. on the bus. I hope you're all drinking milk. I want to get rid of it. Pizza. The pizza boy needs $122.50 plus tip. For pizza? Ten pizzas times 12 bucks. Frank, you've got some money, don't you? Come on. Traveler's checks. Forget it, Frank. We have cash. You probably get the kind of traveler's checks that don't work in France. Did anyone order me plain cheese? Oh, yeah, we did. If you want any, somebody's going to have to barf it all up. It's gone. Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. He wets the bed. You haven't seen it. Get a plate. So we're watching that as a family and like trying to like walk through it. You know, you don't, you know, eat someone's pizza. <laughs> and like if someone eats your pizza, like you don't push them over, you know, and so we're, we're processing. But like the line that the, the uncle says, like, look what you did, you little jerk is like, I don't know why. But it's like one of my favorite lines in any movie. And so I just thought it was humorous and like, just look what you did, you little jerk. You know, I've grown up saying that, you know, not to anyone, just to myself. Um, <laughs> And so I, you know, just I'm processing that. I'm laughing. And the next day, one of my my kids just like nonchalantly is like, pass the remote, you little jerk. And like they're talking to me. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like, I didn't like that movie or line near as much. The reason I bring that up is is what happened. You know, that, that was a child and they heard that line and it like resonated with them, too. But. They didn't have the filter of, like, 
the appropriateness of that. They found out right after they said it, like, oh, yeah, you, don't ever say that again like that. That's, can't say that. But that, that's how it is when we watch movies. Like, like things stick. And sometimes we don't, we don't realize it. And even as you're, you're trying to filter, it's, it's so easy for things to stick to us. And that's what the, the scriptures uh, does. As, as we read it, it's, it's constantly like kind of taking things that are sticking and kind of releasing them from us. And that's why you have to do it all the time. Because we're influenced by things day in and day out. Other relationships, information we hear. And so the Bible is just this filter. And as we walk with God more and more, it allows the right things to stick within us and to stay within us and to guide us. And then over time, like with God's help, we can start to kind of put the things away that, that aren't as helpful. And that, that leads to the second point of how to read and evaluate. And that is we actually need a discernment. And so we need to ask God for discernment as you encounter messages in the media. And discernment is a very helpful thing because discernment gives us the ability to see a situation or to get information and know what to do with it. And again, we, we need God's help uh, to do that. Proverbs seventeen twenty four says this, a discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. So wisdom is, is knowing how to handle a situation and do it in a way that actually lines up with how God wants life to be lived. And so specific to relationships, wisdom is thinking, how do I need to treat this person in a way that brings honor to God and also treats them rightly? That's very different than the common idea of what do I need to do in this relationship to get what I want? Wisdom doesn't think like that. Wisdom's thinking, how can I treat this person in a way that honors God and also is going to do right to that person? Because that's very important to God, that we honor him in everything that we do and that we treat people rightly because he made them. Okay, and so those things, that's, that's what wisdom keeps in view, in view. So this idea of a discerning man, discerning is to look closely and you need to gain skill and understanding. Again, that's that process. Like in Romans, you've got to think. You have to look closely at something. So as you're you know, engaging in the, the media, like, what is this media message telling me to do or not do? Or how does it want me to feel or not feel? You experience that in, in politics as well. So discerning man keeps wisdom in view. In view. The idea is, is set face, keeps in view. Keep, you keep wisdom in, in the forefront. You're always trying to really ask, like, how would God want me to handle this situation? How would God want me to handle this situation? How would God want me to handle this person in the way that I, I treat them? And so we need to saturate ourselves again with, with the word of God. And we need to pray moment by moment as we encounter things and, and ask God for help. So as we deal with things, God, just give me wisdom right now. So I can respond rightly to this person. And then Psalm 1966 takes it as well to give us a different angle. It says, teach me good judgment and knowledge. It's this idea of, of discernment too. For I believe in your commandments. And so here you see a tie that discernment grows and we gain this good judgment and knowledge based on our view of the scriptures. And so the more you read the scriptures and you really know that this is not only true, but real, like this impacts your life, your knowledge and your judgment and your ability to see things clearly, it grows. 
But if you look at the Bible and you think that could be, could not be, could be true, maybe it's not, or this doesn't fit my situation, this doesn't fit my experience, what tends to happen is if we come to the Bible and we just kind of slice up what we want, then actually our knowledge is limited, our discernment is limited, and our judgment is limited. We can't see things clearly. So there's this correlation. The more you give to the scriptures and allow it to speak to you and to change you from the inside out, you grow in actually being able to see things clearly. As I wrap up, I want to give you just practical ways that, that you can do this in the movies. And so inside your program is an extra handout uh, that says, I think, how to uncover a message in the movie. It looks like this. I'm not going to go over this, uh, but I encourage you over the next week to take a look at this handout. And there's a lot of questions and some things to think about. Now, what I'm not suggesting you do is necessarily take this into a movie, turn on your cell phone light during it and just kind of be because people will not like you. OK, but kind of get familiar with just certain questions. And so uh, discover discovering the message statement, like what's this movie about and was it saying? Um, here's some questions to ask about the hero. What's the movie about? And then motivation. Uh, things like that. And then uh, down the page, identifying the value message, like what was looked down on, what was made fun of, what was disapproved, uh, what characteristics of the person were bad. And then uh, number three on the back page, if you flip it over, uh, this is key to the relationships. What are the choices people make in their relationships and the way people relate in the movie say about relationships? Like, do relationships have a high value in the movie? Like, how do you know? And what does the movie say about how relationships work? And then understanding the perspective of a worldview. So how do you kind of find out the worldview of the movie? And if you go right down to the bottom, contrasting the movie's message statement values and worldview with, with Christianity, this is really important. How does the message statement in the movie square with the Christian worldview? The reason the scriptures are tied to what I've been talking about is you don't know the Christian worldview unless you read the scriptures. So to ask that question, it means you have to take the time to read it. And here at Church and I, we, we want to help you understand that more. And that's why we, we have groups, and that's why we have messages which are intended like, what does the Bible actually say about life and how it should be lived? Because that's how you begin to answer that question. And then number two again, um, how, do the th- how do the things looked up to and looked down on show com- or compare with the biblical values? So it, what a movie says is really important. Is that what the Bible says is really important? That's actually a key question to ask. If what the movie says is really bad, is that what the Bible says is bad? Because sometimes we can root for the wrong things without realizing it because the movie's intended to take us in that direction. So these questions, again, help filter. And then the last question, how would God want us to treat these people according to the scriptures? What decisions would please him? So if I'm in that situation that this character's in, And they just did this. Like, how would God want me to handle that? So this can help you think. And I suggest, you know, maybe the next movie you watch, you don't need to ask every single question, but just pick a question. And since we're going to be looking at relationships, maybe pick one of the relationship-based questions. Maybe that last question or number three at the top of that second half of the page. Just begin to ask those questions. And as you do... That will really help you. And then as you look in the scriptures, they can kind of find some answers. Uh, if you have kids, you can also begin to do this with them. Ask them questions. And what you'll find is 
kids especially, they are processing the information. They're evaluating it. They're deciding what to do with it. Sometimes as parents, just, just ask them. And you can find out also what they think, which is really helpful as well. So I encourage you, you know, use this. Uh, but, but more importantly, begin to get into the Word of God and allow that to be the filter for which you take in the messages. Um, I want to wrap up by encouraging you to take some next steps, which I've already given you in this handout. Uh, but as the band comes up, pull out your connection card. And uh, Ben had you fill that out. If you're not finished filling that out, go ahead and, and do that right now. We're going to be receiving our offering And as that comes by, uh, you can drop that completed uh, connection card in there. Uh, But one next step is maybe you want to memorize uh, a scripture, Proverbs 17, 24. Again, the best filters is the verses that you memorize that you actually have in your brain and you, you remember it so it actually can guide you. And a discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. So you may want to memorize that. Uh, You may want to practice uncovering the message like I walked through with this handout. And then the last next step is, like I mentioned at the beginning of the message, uh, come back, but also think through this week, is there somebody that you can invite uh, to come and and begin this process of evaluating with us? So I encourage you guys to do that. Uh, Let's pray together, and we're going to sing another song and then receive our offering. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for... Your word, which really does guide us, and it gives us knowledge and discernment and good judgment. It allows us to see uh, the boundaries that you've put in life, and it also has given us the picture of how to live life your way. And it's very specific, and so I thank you, God, that you're not ambiguous, um, that you're clear and, and directed with us. And at the same time, you're a gracious God, and so you give us the help as we really try to live life your way. And so I pray uh, just this week, help us to evaluate uh, the information that we're soaking up in our life and uh, help us to ask the right questions. Just draw those to our mind. And more importantly, as we read your word, allow the truth to really make sense and connect dots for us. So we, we need your help to do this, God. In the name of Jesus, amen.